It was a cold, wintry night, December 8th, 1980. John Lennon and his wife Yoko Ono were returning from a recording studio and headed home. Out of the darkness, a man appeared. He raised his gun and fired, ending the life of one of music's greatest legends. The killer's name? Stephen King. How's that for an intro? If I sounded a little more lively when I was doing that intro, it's because I recorded it weeks ago when I was planning on doing another podcast, which, actually, now, I've had to change the name of this podcast. If you listen to the last four episodes, it's The 14th Family. Um, I had that name. I started getting some really weird emails, um, and it just, I, I don't know. That wasn't the only reason I changed it. I there was issues with um, web domains and things like that. So the emails will stop. Whoever, whatever weirdo was doing that can be done. Done with that. Uh, now we're Dead Rabbit Radio. Dead Rabbit Radio, and you can uh, find us at deadrabbit.com. And anywhere that podcasts are available, you just look for Dead Rabbit, Dead Rabbit Radio, Dead Rabbit Radio. It's the name of the podcast, deadrabbit.com, is the website. My name is Jason Carpenter. It's 11.30 at night. Uh, Sorry. Sorry. It's 11.44. I'm dead tired. I've been at it all day long. But I wanted to get an episode out for you guys. And to me, I think it's one of the seminal episodes. One of the... Oh, God, I'm so hungry. It's one of the seminal episodes. Because it is one of the topics that uh, inspired me to do a podcast in the first place. This is the biggest conspiracy that has ever... Uh, Well, uh, let me back up. So you heard the intro. Did Stephen King kill John Lennon? It, It seems... Obviously... It seems obvious that no, he didn't. But as you go further and further down the rabbit hole that Stephen Lightfoot intrepid journalist and fighter for truth has created as you crawl down the rabbit hole with him you will see that maybe 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 he's on to something do i think so i can't say i wasn't there for the past what would it be now 30 years Stephen Lightfoot has been a lone crusader on this journey. He believes that Stephen King killed John Lennon, and he believes that this is the biggest conspiracy since the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. That is on the level he puts it on. His website, LennonMurderTruth.com, is a gold mine of manifestos, of diatribes of rants of exploring the clues over who did what and how it affects us now you will get lost in this website trust me because when i first found out about this website it was on a lark i was listening i think to uh there's a uh 
good podcast called Those Conspiracy Guys. It's good. They just have really thick accents. They're from Ireland. That's a fun podcast, and the episodes are super long. But anyways, I think they're the ones who first brought this to my attention, that Stephen King killed John Lennon. So it is out there in the conspiracy uh, world. But I went to this website, and I thought, if I could just listen to this website. I was at work, and I was like, all I want to do is listen to this website. I want to go deeper and deeper into this man's psyche. So what I've decided to do is I'm going to go ahead and read you his introduction as a dramatic reading talk a little bit about it after the fact, after it's done, if I'm still awake. But we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to word for word go over his introduction, go over his main chunk of evidence that Stephen King killed John Lennon. So please, sit back, put your tinfoil hat on, grab a nice soda soaked with aspartmate and BMO, and get ready to enter the mind of Stephen Lightfoot, the crusader who will expose the true murderer of John Lennon. Contrary to all reports about a lone drifter named Mark David Chapman, who allegedly shot John Lennon in the back December 8, 1980, you'll find ample evidence in the back issues of Time, Newsweek, and U.S. News and World Report magazines to suggest otherwise. Namely, that John Lennon was not only politically assassinated, but that Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, and you'd better sit down. Horror novelist Stephen King are the three people who can be proven guilty of the crime. King being the real murderer and Chapman but a lookalike paid actor misleading you with an absolute hoax. The media in tow. The evidence is specifically government codes in the bold print headlines of Time, Newsweek, and U.S. News and World Report magazines that were printed shortly before, during, and after the night of December 8th, 1980. Hints in the headlines that you won't find anywhere else that plug into John Lennon's assassination with up to 70% frequency at times. These government codes, which read like gallows humor, thinking about John Lennon, Johnny comes marching home, kiss kiss, bang bang, ouch ouch, the job Richard Nixon really wanted, blasting the opposition, America needs a poet laureate, Maybe, heeding those subtle signs, magazine maze, all the president's magazines. (laughs) These codes include the killer's face and true identity printed three and two months before the crime, replete with headlines describing the then-yet-to-come crime scene. One great big Zippo lighter, perils of pyrokinesis. Pyrokinesis means fire and movement, and a man at night with a gun ablaze crouched in a raincoat looks like a great big cigarette lighter. Subtle but dramatic codes. These crypto codes include Mark David Chapman, the alleged name of the killer printed three weeks before the murder, where Chapman writes that he is, quote, armed upon waiting to be moved into a hostile square by the giant hand of Ronald Reagan, unquote. 
These government codes include dramatic photos of just-elected Ronald Reagan sitting next to Richard Nixon's book, The Real War, in Time and Newsweek issues released the day of the murder. In Time, the bold headline above Reagan reads, quote, who's in, who's out, unquote, and below, quote, fitting together the pieces of a complicated jigsaw puzzle, unquote. That Richard Nixon tried to deport John Lennon in the 70s is a known fact. John's peace activism and lyrical barbs at Tricky Dicky and his perhaps unparalleled worldview made John a target. Well, inside the real war, several pages explain, quote, the prancing of the trendies, rock stars, beautiful people of New York who say war is bad and peace is good must be removed from the stage of public debate by whatever means a flyswatter are needed, unquote. He even titles this philosophy the Nixon Doctrine. Translation? Reagan's in, Lennon's out. In fact, the real John Lennon and the real Richard Nixon are two codes that precede the crime. Last, but certainly not least, according to identical matching photos of Stephen King attached to book reviews about Firestarter months before the assassination, the man photographed getting Lennon's autograph hours before he killed him is not Mark Chapman, like we were all told. Chapman's glasses are the wrong prescription. His features are more centrally boxed in the middle of his face and his... His hair is the wrong texture, as well as the fact that the killer has dimples that Chapman does not. Only Stephen King's features exactly trace the proportions of the autographed hound. Chapman is a look-alike actor. This was the last coded evidence puzzle piece that I found. Not knowing then who Stephen King was, this was back in 1982, my first clues being the quote, who's in, who's out, unquote, headlines above Reagan months earlier. I turned to my library, then utterly convinced that the government had killed John Lennon based on the news clippings that appeared in June of 1982, a year and a half after the crime, where Chapman pleaded guilty two days before his trial and was sentenced 20 years to life. Buried in a tiny corner of the back section, I knew a cover-up was at work. It was several weeks later, while trying to find magazines that carried the murder report, that I literally stumbled onto these codes. Now I was confronted, months later, with who actually pulled the trigger. Famous author Stephen King? Too much to believe. Beyond comprehension? Overall, our heads? Is Nixon that tricky? Well, buckle up, good readers. Stephen King writes all about it in the beginning of Salem's Lot, five years before the crime, where he writes about shooting a man in the shoulder blade, stalking a politician with a gun in the dead zone, Johnny being the main character. He even writes about, quote, the fellow who killed John Lennon, unquote, in, I believe, three books. He practically confesses in his 1983 Playboy interview. He has even admitted to me in his own handwriting that I, quote, haven't got the whole story yet, unquote. And in a subsequent letter signed Stephen King, he throws in a veiled bribe if I'd quit exposing this. In summary, the story about Mark Chapman is a cover-up. 
bold print government cryptograph codes that include the killer's face and true identity, the killer's alleged name and letter to the editor printed before the murder, and Richard Nixon's book, The Real War, in back issues of Time, Newsweek, and U.S. News and World Report magazines printed before, during, and after the night of December 8, 1980, prove that Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan arranged for the author Stephen King, then barely famous, to assassinate John Lennon that King's writings draw dramatically from the crime and that he taunts us all in his interviews and comments only make this the story of a lifetime. My 24-page booklet contains everything you've seen here and much more. Please order your copy. I guarantee is the absolute truth of what really happened to John Lennon. Happy Code Cracking. It's like a whirlwind of words. You know, in all seriousness, uh, generally a sign of mental disorder, disorganized thinking, is finding patterns in things that have no patterns. I don't know if it's specifically... I'm not gonna... I don't know exactly what disorder it could be part of, but generally when people make patterns where there aren't patterns. We all do in a sense. We look up at the clouds, we go, hey, that looks like America, that looks like a boat. But somebody else can flip randomly through the television or hear a radio, like five songs in a row, and they think it's some sort of sign. They can put these connections together in their head, and it makes totally logical sense. When we hear him rattle off those, well, I rattled it off, but when he wrote off all of those headlines. You could go, well, yeah, you know, some of those headlines do, it could kind of be something. But remember, he's reading them off of multiple magazines and they're published in a short amount of time. And he's picking out this pattern that's giving him this idea. Really, honestly, how he got the Stephen King thing is still beyond me. Other than um, the beginning of Salem's Lot, like he said, apparently has that. And then the um, the the hair, he goes into like the way that they look. And I mean, I guess it kind of looks like Stephen King. And, and, you know, so his website is hundreds of pages long. It actually got, according to him, and I, I, be, I believe him, I don't think he's necessarily a liar, but his site got hacked, and a lot of, he lost a lot of his pages. Uh, when I was in the works to do this podcast a while back, I wanted to do a podcast about Stephen Lightfoot, or at least some episodes of Stephen Lightfoot. I actually archived a lot of his website and saved it, because I was afraid, you know, what if something happens to him, he doesn't pay his internet bill, I mean, he doesn't pay his hosting bill, and all of this just genius insanity can be both disappeared, so I actually archived it, and I've thought about contacting him and saying, hey, I know a lot of your pages are gone, because you can look through there, but I don't know how he's going to take it, honestly. I'll say this, I I think everyone should go visit LennonMurderTruth.com, and I could say it facetiously and say to learn the truth yourself, but it's just fascinating. I'm sure I'm going to cover it, because he updates his stuff every day. Not every day, but he's constantly updating it. It's a website that I can keep going back to, and trust me, that introduction... 
that's just the tip of the iceberg. Now, depending on how, like, if people like that, that I'm going over his stuff, I'll continue to do it. If people are like, ah, oh, it's so boring, just kind of reading the stuff off. I was trying to give it a little bit of zing, but yeah, I just find the whole thing fascinating. What's funny is that, well, it's not funny, but if you go deeper into his, oh, you know what? I probably should have started with that episode. He has another one that's a little more zingy. Um, you know what? Uh, we'll we'll throw that in tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. So today we have the introduction to Stephen Lightfoot. Tomorrow I will do um, a little bit more of an overview. Because this episode's already recorded. Um, but I think it does give you an interview. So part one. I hope you guys are excited. Tomorrow's going to be part two of the Stephen Lightfoot uh, did Stephen King kill John Lennon? Uh, murder mystery. So I hope you had fun. Welcome to the Dead Rabbit Radio. Welcome to Dead Rabbit Radio. This is going to be the new name of the podcast. We are the fastest growing podcast in the city of Hood River. Everyone have a great night. It is now 12.17. I'm going to finish this Diet Pepsi. And I'm going to go to bed. And then tomorrow we will get you part two of Who Shot? John Lennon. Have a great night, guys.